1 John chapter 4. I want to talk to you this morning about where love comes from. 1 John chapter 4, look at verse 7. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7. Beloved, our memory verse, verse 7 and 8, but verse 7 is where we're going to focus for the moment. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Now, 1 John, the letter of 1 John is written to Christians. It's written to the beloved. He calls other believers beloved, people who are loved. Isn't that an amazing thing? It's rare that you hear anybody hear nice terms. People say sweetheart and honey bun. No, you don't hear anybody say that. But anyway, uh, you say nice things. But the word beloved, now that has weight. That has amazing meaning. He said, beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. Now, first written, first John is written to Christians and it's, it's about Christians loving Christians. Love one another. But it's also, 1 John is written about love in general. And he says something very strong, very powerful. He says, love is of God. What does that mean? What does it mean, love is of God? You see, if you get this, your love life will be transformed. It will be changed. I'm not talking mainly about, you know, just that everybody will love you. But you might just become lovable. And you might actually start loving the impossible people in your life. Now, the world has been constantly looking for love since about day one. When Adam was first created, he's walking around. How did he feel? He walks around and he sees two elephants. He sees two giraffes. He sees two birds. and He sees a lot of pears. And how did he feel? He felt alone. See, we've been looking for love since about basically day one. Now we find bits and pieces of love, but true love is hard to find and it's very hard to keep. If we're going to understand love this year, because we're talking, that's our main focus is whatever happened to love. When we start talking about love and whatever happened to it, we need to understand where it came from. We need to understand where to find it. And that's my prayer this morning. Let's bow in prayer. Father, do you have our heart this morning? Do you have the freedom to speak to us like if you were really here? I want you to. And I ask that we would be hungry for a different way to live and love. Hungry for a meaning and an understanding beyond the dictionary. Beyond what we already have experienced, because probably we've experienced a lot of failure, a lot of hurt in the name of love. So please uh, teach us this morning, help us this morning from the perfect word of God. Teach us where love comes from. And let a lot of people in this room receive it. Especially that soul that is closest to hell. That person who just keeps riding along the edge, may they realize the love of God is reaching out to them, but they must receive it. May they receive it today before it's eternally too late because there is no love in hell. There are no second chances in hell. Today is the day of salvation. 
May we take real love seriously. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, by way of background, I need you to go to 1 John chapter 4. Still in chapter 4, sorry. In 1 John chapter 4, I want you to just read verses 7 to 19. And then we'll note some things in this portion of Scripture. I could take forever and a day talking about the book of 1 John. But just these few verses, starting in verse 7. Beloved, let me read again. Let us love one another. Note how many times the word love shows up. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. See, a lot of people are looking for love and they want love from God, but God loved you to give you life. Verse 10, Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us, and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins, the full payment for all our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to also, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and His love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in Him and He in us because He hath given us of His Spirit and we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. See, the love of God is not all about ooey-gooey feelings. It's about saving somebody. It's about going out of your way to do what needs to be done so that somebody doesn't perish. Verse 15, Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. We have known and believed the love that God hath to us. Again, God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God is in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that you may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Now, just in summary, now what happened here? I'm not sure what happened. No, there we are. Strange. Uh, we just have to uh, deal with the thing as it comes along. He says that love is of God in verse 7. He says, verse 8, God is love. He talks about the love of God. Notice these things. He loved us. He so loved us. I like that in verse 11. He says, beloved, if God so loved us, he goes on and he says his love is perfected in us. It is of his spirit that we love. We must know and believe the love that God hath to us or else it's invalid, doesn't work for us. We need to dwell in his love. He first loved us. Now, I want you to notice there's a lot of love in those verses, but it's not about love. Do you know what it's about? It's about him. It's God. If you want to know what love is, you're going to have to go to him. He designed it. He gives it. He has it. Love is of God. God is love. We're talking about the love of God, not the love of your best friend or of your mate or your children. Now, we're commanded in verse 7. We're commanded in verse 7 to love one another. Beloved, let us love one another. Jesus even says, this is my commandment that I give unto you, that you love one another. As I have loved you, so love you one another. It's a command. 
We are commanded to love. We're commanded to love God. That's the first commandment, isn't it? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. We're commanded to love our neighbor. And we're commanded to love our enemies. Would you agree that's not easy? I don't know of any command that's easy to do. When God gives a command, you know why he says it's a command? Because we don't do it naturally. Husbands, love your wives. Oh, I do love, like Christ, love the church. Ow. You see, the command is there because we don't do it naturally. We don't know how to do it. We don't find it in ourselves, the ability there. It's not easy. That's why God had to make commands. Now, we may say that we love, hold there for a second. We may say that we love somebody, but doing it, showing it, and experiencing it is very hard. Look around you. Look sitting next to you. The more you know people, even Christian people, the harder it is to love them. See, it's easy when you're a visitor. And then we go up, oh, Gavin, man, we, we heard all about you. Actually, we didn't. And, and man, Dan and Kathy tell us all about you, and they say you're the most wonderful person. I don't know him yet. Right? You see, the more you get to know somebody, you go, oh, hi, Gavin. <laughs> There is, there is, the more you know people, the harder it is for you to love them. It's easy to love an ideal. A lot of people get married. Are you listening? A lot of people get married with an ideal. Oh, my husband, he'll carry me down to breakfast every day. <laughs> oh, my wife, she will wait for me every night when I come home in her wedding dress. People marry an ideal sometimes, don't they? It's easy to love an ideal. It's much harder to love a reality. Get it yourself! <laughs> people will let you down. I'm talking about the people you love. They will lose your trust. They will live selfishly. They will ignore your needs. They will take advantage of you. They will sin. They will do things that are just plain wrong. And I'm describing Christians. We have to love them. We're commanded to love them. Take your Bible in 1 Thessalonians. We'll come back to 1 John in a moment. God doesn't ever give us a command without teaching us how to do it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Back to the left on the other side of Hebrews. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 9. First John, I'm sorry, First Thessalonians chapter 4 in verse 9. But it's touching brotherly love, concerning loving the brethren, concerning brotherly love. Ye need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught by who? You're taught of God to love one another. So no matter what God commands us to do, thank God he teaches us. He shows us how to do it. Now, we need to talk for a minute about what does it mean to love. We could spend all day searching and struggling for, um, for the best, most perfect meaning. And I think it is the most debated subject of all time. What is love? We went to um, one of these uh, philosophical debates there at UCC, I believe. It was either UCC or CIT. And uh, they debated on what is love. And it was a lot of hot air. What is love? I think most dictionaries just give up trying to find a way to define love. 
So without a good definition, a lot of people go looking to find out what love is. And where do they go? Well, they look in their heart. They look at how their friends get on. Listen to girls talk. And, and they say, well, that's what love is. Oh, that's how, that's how she feels. And, um, a lot of people get their concept of love from the TV, from movies. They go, oh, that's true love. That's not true love at all. It's fake. They're actors. Nobody meets somebody, has a cup of coffee, and then lives with them happily ever after. Amen? Somebody defined, tried to define love this way. Love is what makes two people sit in the middle of a bench when there's plenty of room on both ends. I like that. Love is two people sitting in the middle of a, of a, of a bench when there's plenty of room on both ends. <laughs> to love is this. To love means to give attention and kindness to someone or something meeting their needs ahead of your own. Now, I see something because <coughs> you can say you love your car. And a lot of people do. I've got a neighbor that every week is washing his car. It's pouring rain and he's washing that car, man. <laughs> you can say you love your car, so guess what you do? You spend a lot of time on it. You spend a lot of time fixing it up. You spend good money on that car because you love it. You're giving attention to it. Money that you could be using, you spend it on the car. You can say you love your dog. So what do you do? You spend a lot of time with it. You care for it. You feed it. You play with it. You exercise it. It's exercising you. You can say you love your husband. So you spend a lot of time away from him, ignoring his needs. Not to, I'm sorry. <laughs> you caught that. But I feed him. Yeah, yeah, I know you do. You can say you love your children. So you give them your attention. You show them great kindness. You meet their needs ahead of your own. That's love. You understand what I'm saying? You can say you love your job. So guess where you spend your time? Guess where you talk the most? Where you, where you get along the most with people? Now, I'll simply add this, what Jesus has said about love. And that is, to love yourself means that, sorry, to love means that you love someone like you love and cater to and give, it, give attention to yourself. One thing we need to add to it, to give attention and kindness to someone or something, meeting their own needs ahead of your own, with the idea that you love them like you love yourself. That's love. Now let's look at three scriptures that help us to define love with God's viewpoint. Romans chapter 12. You can leave 1 John for a few moments. Let's go to Romans chapter 12 and verse 10. Romans chapter 12 and verse 10. <clears throat> Romans chapter 12 and verse 10. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love. In honor, what's the next word? Preferring one another. Go to 1 Peter. Well, go to Ephesians. You're in Romans. Go to Ephesians chapter 5. That's closer. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 2. In honor, preferring the other person that you claim to love. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 2. 
Walk in love. As Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But I want you to understand the concept of walking in love. Not just, not just experiencing it, but walking in it. One more now, 1 Peter 1. 1 Peter on the other side of Hebrews. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 22. <clears throat> Seeing ye have purified your souls. 1 Peter 1, 22. I'll give you another moment. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto, here we go, unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Look at the ingredients I just talked about. Yeah, I love that word unfeigned. And that's an old word, but it simply means unrehearsed, unfaked, non-hypocritical, real, sincere. God's defining of love, he begins with the idea of realness. He can't have love if it's not real. Secondly, he talks about obedience. You love because God's done something in your life. You're doing it because of God. Third, a pure heart. Love is experienced, and if you really want to understand why this world is so aggressive, why there is so much divorce, why there is so much abuse, why there are so many failed experiences of love, is because our experiences of love are not out of a pure heart. He says fervent. I like that word. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the things that we're going to focus on in, the, in, in, in February and March and April is we talk about couples and marriage, especially in, in April, about uh, husband and wives and things like that. Don't let the love between the two of you, husband and wives, ever get boring. Don't ever let it get... Listen, the Bible talks about the love between brethren should be fervent. What does it fervent mean? On fire. You're going to tell me that my love of Dennis is supposed to be greater than my love of my wife? Now, I love Dennis, but I love my wife. And love is supposed to be fervent. If you have love one towards another, when you walk in that door, your hand shouldn't be going, Hello. When you walk in that door, can you stand up for a second? I'm going to borrow you for a second. Put that down because I'm going to attack you. When you walk in this door, it ought to be, missed you. Oh, I missed you. Praise God. Fervent. That is love. He's defining love as, as, as alive, passionate, and constant. The love that a Christian experiences and has should be lived moment by moment forever. Not just at the high point. Oh, I had a great day. Oh, I, 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 I had a great meal. Oh, I, I, Don't live where love only is experienced in the high points. Love all the time. Walk in love. That's what we need. Have, two, have, an, have, have a couple, husband and wife, and they're holding hands. They're walking in love. And they should continue that every day of their life. It's constant. These are the characteristics of love. But the main thing we're going to talk about now, back to 1 John chapter 4, is the source of love. 1 John chapter 4. We've got a whole year to learn different shades of meaning of love. But I want to talk about the source of love now. 
First John chapter 4 and verse 7 and 8 again. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Now, this is a crazy, crazy set of verses. I'm going to say simply, everyone loves something or someone. I'm not going to say you don't love. We actually love things quite a bit and people quite a bit. It's built into us. We were built in the image. We were designed in the image of God. He loves, I will love. It's naturally designed in each and every one of us to love, but we don't do it very well. Would you agree? We fall quickly into love and we fall quicker out of love. So there's more to love than what comes naturally. According to these verses, love springs more than just from your heart. And there are three different areas of our being, of our life, that express and experience love. Go to 1 Thessalonians. Hold in your place. I want to show you this verse so I can lay the foundation for what I'm about to show you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you. What's that next word? Alright, that's one of those words like, you know, whole means complete. Sanctify you completely. And I pray, God, your Whole, look at the three parts that he gives you. Spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And notice the sequence. Where does he begin? Does he begin with your body? Does he begin with your hands? Does he, does he begin with your feelings? That's your soul. Well, he begins with your spirit. It's your whole spirit and soul and body. Be preserved blameless. Now, there are three different areas of our being that express and experience love. The first one that we are most familiar with, every TV show, every movie almost, every book, every attitude, all the music is about flesh. About you having a physical experience that you call love. Your body is a bunch of chemicals that you mix them together in the wrong way. Uh, at, at, at 16 and 17, you've got a bomb. You've got an aggressive man uh, dancing in a disco somewhere, and there are 30 single girls all dancing around him. What do you think he's going to do? You turn on all those animal instincts and create those chemicals going in there, and the girl's touching him and brushing up against him. He is an animal. Now, it's wrong for him to have been there. It's wrong for them to be thinking they could play with fire. You cannot play with fire and not be burned. Well, you don't find Christians in the discos. You don't. Because that place is a very sacred place. It's a very carefully maintained area of love because it is very dangerous. There are chemicals involved. Now, to, very, to, to physically show love is very healthy. Holding hands, hugging, kissing. Your wife. You try and kiss me. I mean, we were in Spain, and what do they do in Spain? Wow. Eric tries to tell me, the Bible says give, give one another. Holy guy says, stop right there. 
physical touch is very healthy. To live in a hateful, bitter way is one of the most destructive ways to hurt your health. More than smoking. To live bitterly, angrily, full of, full of condemnation, you're killing yourself more than, a, than the cigarettes and more than, than alcohol ever could send you to an early grave. You know, kids need to be held. Your kids need to be hugged. Your kids need to be carried on your shoulder. Not at 14, but, but at 4 and 5. Your kids need daddy to swing them around and make them feel like the, that they are the world too. They need that touch, don't they? You remember it. Now the soul. That's your emotions. Those are your feelings. Those are your gut feelings. This is where we usually talk about love when we say, I love you with all my heart. And by the way, your emotional health is very dependent upon loving and being loved. If you don't feel love, you are going to self-destruct. If you don't feel it, if you don't have the ability to show love, you will die. Amen? And then there's your spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Go to the left there. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 14. Your spirit. This is that part of you where love is least understood. Your spirit is that part of you that is supposed to be connected with God. God gave you a body. Now, the real me is a soul. Hi. I'm talking to you through a spacesuit. All right? The spacesuit that I'm wearing is called flesh. The real me is underneath this skin. I was given this body so I can live here. My soul is the real me. I, I may drop dead, you have to bury my flesh, but I'm not dead. My soul goes on to live somewhere, either in heaven, with Jesus Christ, or in hell. So the real me is encased in this flesh. I walk around, it is my spacesuit. Take me to your leader. <laughs> But I was given a spirit so that I could relate to God, so I could talk to God, so that God and I could connect. I'll, I'll tell you a little bit ahead. Until you're born again, that connection's broken. Your ability to, to talk to God and hear from God is dead, and it must be resurrected. It's called the new birth. But we'll talk about that in a more moment. But the spirit there, Christian, listen to me, that is where charity exists. First Corinthians, can, can a body show love? Sure, I can physically hold somebody's hands. I can physically hug them. My body can experience and show love. Can my soul experience and show love? Yes or no? Of course it can. I can feel love. I can say things that are romantic and lovely. And, oh, let's come away with you. <laughs> I was listening to the radio, and I have to hear, I was listening to Lyric FM. I have to get this song, and we have to sing it. It's a funny song. It's not a Christian song. But it was in some movie called Gigi. And this guy, this French guy, goes, Ah, oh, I remember it well. <laughs> and he begins to remember it. She keeps correcting him and says, It was not like that. <laughs> but it was so funny. I said, That's love. That's love. He's got it all wrong. And then she says, Ah, oh, but you, you try so hard to remember. <laughs> it was such a funny song. But it is possible to love with your spirit, but let me, with your soul. But in your spirit is where there is selfless love. 
It's not about whether your body gets its needs met. It's not about whether your emotional needs are met. It's about the fact that you just want to give and meet somebody else's needs at your expense. The reason why we don't experience true love is because we focus here or sometimes here, but never here. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 16 in verse 14. Let all your things be done with love, right? Notice why your King James Bible is superior to any other Bible, because all the new Bibles say love. Hey, if I'm doing everything with love, I can do everything carnally, fleshly, sexually, selfishly, can't I? And say, well, I'm doing it with love, can't I? But you can't say it when you say, let all your things be done with charity. That is a spiritual kind of love. You know, your heart and your spirit are connected. We, we read it there in our main verse in Ezekiel 36:26. It says, a new heart will I give you, and a new spirit. He says heart and spirit about a dozen times in the Bible very clearly. He says, create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit in me. Psalm, uh, go to Psalm, Psalm 143. Psalm 143 and verse 4. <clears throat> In your Bible, God's trying to elevate your understanding of love from just physical attraction, chemicals going off, beyond just emotional feelings to a place where your spirit is involved. Look at uh, Psalm 143 in verse 4. Therefore, is my spirit overwhelmed within me? I'm overwhelmed. My heart within me is desolate. Those two phrases overlap. They have the same meaning, just using different words. Your heart and your spirit are connected. So, when this part of you is ignored and you only focus on the body or you only focus on your emotions, which is what most marriages are built on. Guys, flesh. Women, emotions. And we say, that's all you need. All you need is love. No, it isn't. You see, if you're only a soul and you're only a body, then yeah, all you need is love. But if you have a spirit, there's another layer there that can actually ride out the storms and can actually make an impact in somebody's life beyond just what you get out of them. And the Bible says there, let all your things be done with charity. Now, man is constantly working upward and failing. Some people live for a physical, fleshly, animalistic kind of love. I would say if we, if they could even read, uh, if we gave a, a quiz or gave a, a survey to the modern 14, 15, 16-year-old, most young men think only sex is love. Would you agree with that? After all the stuff they see and hear in the music and on the movies, they think only sex is love. And so by the time they're 18, 19, 20 and they're in college, you know what they're doing? They're trying every form of sex there is. And you wonder, oh, my son came out and he says he's gay. No, he's just trying another form of sex. Now they're moving to where they're not calling it lesbian, uh, LGBTQ, RSTS, or anyway, uh, 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 queer, transvestite. They're just calling it pansexual. You know what they're doing? They're experimenting. They're trying to find something that will satisfy their desire for love at the basis level, at the lowest level.
Some people are addicted to their emotions. Thinking how they feel is love. Well, I know I'm in love because it's how I feel. Don't go by that. Don't go by that. If you wait until you have a feeling, all you have to do is wait until it's gone. I always ask counseling. I say, uh, somebody says they want to get married. I say, have you been angry at each other yet? Oh, no, we haven't had an argument. Don't tell me you're ready to get married then. Because you need to know what it feels like when the love ain't there. Amen. Some people are addicted to their emotions. They think how they feel is love. Some try and love unconditionally. Man tries to move to that layer where they love unconditionally without reservation, where they try to love selfishly, but we fall apart. We fall very short. And so we end up with divorces, with frigidity, with bitterness, with hatred, with silent treatment. I hope he hurts and he's alone. Domestic violence and abuse. The man's trying to work his way upward and we fail, folks. So where does God work? He works from the top down. He starts working our spirit. That's why we come to church and we sit still and we listen to words. Did you notice that? Now, I throw in some pictures and stuff to sort of keep your brain occupied. But I'm trying to engage your spirit. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I can only do that with the words of life. I can only do that with the word of God. Because God works first in our spirit. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And, and everybody's leaving. And Jesus says to his twelve, he says, will you also go away? You know what Peter says? To whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And Jesus said, the flesh will profit you nothing. The words that I say unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So God works in our spirit. He works through our emotions and he works last on our flesh. I'm I'm 48 years old and I'm not married yet. Yeah, well, let God work on your heart from the top down. Let Him work on you. Because that woman that you claim, if you're a guy, that woman that you claim that you want to love deserves better than you are. Amen. And that husband that you claim to love, if you will let God work from the top down, from the deepest inside out, I mean, girls will get their hair, they will give you their nails, they will... They will Get the highest heels. They will, they will raise the skirt. They will do everything they can to get a guy. Wrong approach. Wrong approach. That only lasts for a night. God works down there. You know what attracts a man? A happy woman. And there are not many of them. It's just, I'm telling you, ladies. Gentlemen, there's something about our spirit that has to be worked on. And if we let God work from inside out, not on your mind, well, I want God to fix my sadness. You may may be stuck with somebody that makes you sad. You may be in a job that just tears you apart. But God doesn't work on your emotions until he works on your spirit. And that's where he's at. So, let me see if I've finished my thoughts. Yep, 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 okay. According to the Bible... We read it there. Love is of God. Real love comes from God. It is a supernatural work of God in our hearts. Go to Galatians. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. 
True love is a supernatural work of God on our hearts. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit, the, the result of the Spirit in your life is what first? Love. It's a work of the Holy Spirit in your life. For Second Timothy, go to the right, find Second Timothy. <laughs> Gavin, just get there. I got to move him on to the next verse. <laughs> I love it, Gavin. I hope you don't mind me ribbing you every once in a while. First, uh, first, Second Timothy. Better you than Dan, right? That's right. Yeah, okay. Second Timothy, chapter one and verse seven. On to the right. Before we get to Hebrews, find Second Timothy, chapter one, verse seven. For God hath not, here's our word, given us the spirit of fear, but He's given us the spirit of power and of what? Love and of a sound mind. So true, true love is a supernatural work of God. It is not of us. It doesn't just flow out of us like it should. It doesn't come from a pill, even though, I mean, when we were in the States there in September there for a couple of weeks, every other ad was on men's pills. It was weird. Some people try to find true love on the internet, all the pornography that's out there. Folks, just like everything that there is, every planet, every star, every grain of sand, every molecule of air came from God. True love comes from God. It begins with God. Go to John chapter 17. The Gospel of John chapter 17. John chapter 17 and verse 26. This is amazing scripture. And I, Jesus, is finishing his time in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's praying and he's prayed a, a prayer. If somebody wanted to have an example of prayer, this is Jesus praying. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, is not a prayer. It's an example of how to pray. It's that outline of what to say when you pray, but it's not what you pray. Now you want to see what Jesus prays. Look at what he says at the end, verse 26. And I have declared unto them thy name and will declare it. Why? that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them. The love that you have toward me, Jesus said. That same love. I taught her everything I can about you so that that same love would be in them and I. In them. True love begins with God. First John 4.19 Back there again. Hope you're not getting tired of Wherever we go, we love him. First John four nineteen, because he first loved us. What an amazing scripture! So true love begins with God. Now you're already in church. You probably already believe that, but do you live like it? Do you live like it? See, God defines what love is. It's His nature. I thought about this. It is the most active characteristic of God. Thank God He is not the God of wrath, even though He is angry at our sin. Thank God He's not the God of justice, even though He is right in everything He does. 
Thank God that the very foundation of all that God is, is love. God is love. John didn't say, oh, by the way, God is wrath. He didn't say that. Aren't you glad? He said the very foundation of everything that God is, is love. If you want to learn how to love, he'll teach you. Well, I don't know if I like the God of the Old Testament. You don't know the God of the Old Testament. By the way, if this is God's nature, when you get born again, it becomes your nature too. It's called your new nature. One of the ways you know you're saved is you love being around other Christians. Did that happen when you got saved, Kathy? I mean, it's just weird, isn't it, Dan? Like, like all you want to do is go drink with your drinking buddies or you want to sit and watch the game with your other buddies. And then when you got saved and you heard church was on, you heard it was going on Sunday night. You couldn't wait to get there. Wednesday again? <laughs> Christians. It's in our nature when you get saved. I have to say this. First, God is love. What a thought. But we need to reject the notion that love is God. What do you mean by that? Well, there are a lot of people who think that love is all there is. Just love is what we worship. And wouldn't you say most songs are the worship of love, aren't they? Truly, we, we, we believe in an Aphrodite, in a Cupid kind of love. When they don't exist. See, God is love, but love is not God. The Bible says God is light, but light is not God. You see, when you can't reverse it. People spend all their lives seeking love, and they will never find love until they find God. I guarantee you. They can fake it. They can get along just fine. They go, I and my wife have been happily married for, for 87 years. Ask her. You know, and, and I'm all for, listen, that's why it's called the bonds of matrimony. Okay, you're supposed to stay married. Ins and outs, ups and downs. But happily, where do you find that? How do you get there? You go looking for love, you'll never find love until you find God. But if you find God, guess what you'll find? You'll find love, you'll find light, you'll find peace, you'll find forgiveness, and you'll find life forevermore. See, everybody's looking for everything in the wrong places. You find God and got it all. If we're not actively seeking to know God, you'll never be able to love like you should. You'll never know love like you could. I believe that. I don't believe church is just an alternate way of living. I believe it's the only way of living. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the... You want life? He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. You couldn't convince me that there's an alternate way to live. I know what it was to live without God, and it was a dead-end street. And if you're saved, you know that too. You may have, you may have tried every drug. You may have tried every, every form of gratification and, and pleasure-seeking. And if you're honest, you'll say it was worthless. It only costs more and more to make yourself happy. I got something for free. I got something for free. And you know what? It wasn't a taste. It was a well. It's never run out. The example of love. Back to first, here in 1 John chapter 4, and verse 9 and 10. We're going to wrap this up. 
1 John 4, 9 says this, In this was manifested the love of God towards us. Because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Here in His love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Did you see that, that love was manifested? You know what that means? It means it was openly, publicly revealed. Open for examination. You can find out, did God really love you? Yes. Listen to Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God commendeth His love, extends and freely gives His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's manifest. See, Jesus' death wasn't off in a corner somewhere. It wasn't in, wasn't in some secret cave somewhere. His death was public and the whole world saw it. And it was the love of God being manifest, being revealed and shown to a world that didn't even realize it. Love was also given. And this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. He sent, He gave His Son. It was a gift. And it was free. It didn't cost us anything. I never have paid for it and I never, have, will, never will have to pay for it. Love was and still is for all. I like how he says it. Um, he sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Here in his love, not that we love God. God didn't love us because we love God. God loved us in spite of the fact. See, that's where we're at a level of, of learning. If I want to love the brethren, Brother David, if I want, I'm going to have to learn to love like God loves me when I was a sinner. When I was rebellious. When I wasn't even interested in being loved. But love had a great purpose. To give us life. Give us a benefit. Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's a great purpose. He uses the word propitiation there. It just simply means he made the full payment. You know, I've been in shops. You take your kids in shops and there's a big sign outside. You break it, you buy it. You ever seen that? So you take your kids and you go, we're not going in there. <laughs> you take your kids into a shop. And a lot of shops are very kind. I mean, the child knocks into something, pulls it, it breaks. And says, no, no, it's okay, it's okay. Go on, go on. You don't have to pay for it. But you know, there are some shops that come along and says, yeah, yeah, come over here. We got that, that costs 3,000 euros. You just say, take the kid. <laughs> you know, God did, instead of God looking at the devil and looking at all our sin, God said, I'll make full payment for all the breakage, for all the hurt, for all the wrong. That's love. That's love of God for you. You broke more than you know. You broke people's hearts. You broke and messed with people's lives. You let people down. You dishonored God. You rejected God. You broke every one of His commandments, both physically and even emotionally and spiritually. You did everything wrong, and God still paid for everything you did. Do you agree that's pretty great love? You see, love costs the giver everything. Everything that God did cost Him. 
bit this morning. I'm afraid there are people in this room who know about Jesus in their head. But I yearn that you would seek Him with all your heart. You shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. You know how a person gets saved, Kevin? The Bible says that if thou shalt believe in thine heart that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. There's something that happens in our heart, not just our head. Because we're, we're falling in love with somebody who did all that. His name was Jesus. So we should be able to love one another. Would you agree? There in 1 John chapter 4, verse 11, it says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. I haven't even talked about loving one another really that much. I've just talked about God so loving us. We should be able to love one another if we understand what love really is. Hmm. So, so, Pastor, you're saying that love is not physical. I didn't say that. Love is physical. You have physical needs. You were designed to love physically. Hugging, uh, marriage, uh, 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 you know, kissing. You know, I'm trying to be cautious here. You're saying, well, well my emotional needs don't, don't matter. I'm not saying that at all. Your emotional needs do matter. That is part of how God designed you. To love emotionally. You should love emotionally. Can you say, hi, honey. I'm starving. Is that, all is that all you got for me tonight? No. It needs to be emotions. What I'm saying is, when we understand what love is, and there's a newer word that you need to put in your, in your, in your vocabulary, and that's charity. That is a selfless love. That's the love that God has. And ratchet it up where it's not physical, not emotional, until it's spiritual. Until it is given by God for my spirit out. So if we understand what love really is, we should be able to love one another. If we spend time getting love from the source, how much time did you spend this week telling God you love Him? How much time did you spend on the side of your bed or maybe on your couch with your open Bible and you bowing your head saying, God, marvelous, marvelous is your love towards me. How many times have you sat and said, God, teach me your heart. Don't just teach me about Canaanites and Philistines and Moabites and Amorites. Tell me about me. Tell me about what's wrong with me. Tell me about you. Tell me I get to know you. Here in 1 John, he says it there in verse 9. Or verse 8, sorry. He that loveth not does not know God. For God is love. If you spend time with God, not like a Muslim. Say, how do I know a Muslim doesn't know God? Because they want to kill you. The whole concept is, you've got to learn to love people you want to kill. So if you spend time with God and you get up from prayer and you say, that husband of mine, I'm going to give him my call. <laughs> then you do not know God. Amen? You get up from prayer and says, I'm going to that boss and I'm going to tell him what for. You did not know God. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you know God, you'll know what love is. And you go into the boss and the boss will say, where have you been? You're four seconds late. Sorry, I won't let it happen again. By the way, that tie looks great on you. Amen. Amen. You see, if you spend time with the God of love, 
it'll affect the people that you're supposed to love. Would you agree? So, next time you're in your Bible and you're still bitter and angry, after you get out of it, you didn't get the right time. Spend time getting love and ask God. I mean, there's nothing wrong with saying, God, I don't feel very loving today. I just don't think I can do it. Get poured on. <laughs> Amen. Third, we seek to instantly know the example of love. You know what Paul loved to preach about? You know what he loved to talk about? The cross. Because the cross was God's love on this sin-cursed world. Little baby in a manger. Oh, that's easy. That's easy for people to accept. That's love right there. That's love Somebody that was spit at, somebody who was buffeted, somebody who was whipped, somebody who was, was their, their hair was ripped from their face, somebody whose um, uh, entire body was racked with pain by us, and he still said, Father, I love them, forgive them. You can't get any better than that. I think we need to fall in love with that name. Jesus is the... Sweetest name I know. Wow. And he's just the same as his lovely name. Isn't that a wonderful song? Here's invitation. Three things. Do you know God? Do you know? Oh, I don't know about him. I know. But salvation is knowing him. What did Jesus say? That they might know thee. They might know thee. Do you know the God who became a man, lived a perfect life, taking the place for you? If you were the only person on this planet, he still would have had to take the place of you and die on the cross. Do you know the God of that book? If you're not reading the Bible, if you only come on Sunday morning, I'm only able to spoon feed you a little bit, you're going to have to get into the Bible a whole lot more. Second question, have you experienced his forgiveness? This is the greatest revelation of all time. He who loves little is because he's been forgiven little. If you've never come and realized just how big God is and how stinking filthy you are, and if you don't fear that God is right to send you to hell, if you don't realize just how much you need to be forgiven, I say there's no way you'll ever understand the love of God until you finally say, God, please have mercy on me, a sinner, and forgive me. And when you get forgiven like that, your love life goes through the roof. Do you even know what it meant when Jesus said, Father, forgive them? He wants to forgive even you. Things that your mother doesn't know about, the things your husband doesn't know about, the things nobody knows about. God says, I'll forgive you. I love you. And to whom much is forgiven, loves much. And this is all going to begin our training in how to love one another. You see, I can't just come up here. I mean, be real simple. I said, uh, youngin, love Sean over there. Youngin says, is that his name? I didn't even know his name. God bless you. I can just say do it. But you know what? God gives us a command and then he shows us how. Even God teaches us to love one another. Did he not teach us this morning? Stretch our, our ability. Actually call us out of, well, I don't feel like loving. 
God never asked you if you felt like loving. God just said, do it because I love you. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. You've done a tall order. The world has pretty well messed up every concept of love, made it only physical, made it something animals do. But we're Christians. Supposed to be. By this shall all men know that we are your disciples if we have love one towards another. we got to get there, Father. But we're not going to do it naturally. Love is of God. We all need to spend more time on our face before you. We all need to be confessing, God, I don't know how to love my wife or my husband. I don't know how to love my kids like I should. I don't know how to love people. Definitely don't know how to love my enemies like I should. God, if it comes from you, then I seek it from you now. Oh, that I would receive it by faith and dwell in it and walk in it and never get over it. Somebody, make that decision this morning to believe it. Believe the love of God was making a substitute perfect in their place. And you want to be born again today. In Jesus' name, amen.